You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Well, how you doing? Hope your Wednesday is going well. Hump day! We're here to help you get over the hill. I'm Scott Beatty along with Lauren Tate. Great to have you with us on a sunny, fine fall afternoon. Not in the lack of sunlight these days, so I'm just... Too windy. Yeah. <laughs> Too windy! Not sunny enough! <laughs> We're here to complain and crab all day long. <laughs> or talk about sports. Whatever you like. Or maybe a little bit of both. You can text us in the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Illinois football plays the Nebraska Huskers on Saturday. We'll get insight on Big Red with Sean Callahan. He writes for Husker Online. He's the publisher of that outlet, part of the Rivals Network, and we'll be glad to catch up with him a little bit later in this hour. Next hour, Evan's in. Also, Colin Likas on the prep scene. We're out a little early for Illinois Volleyball tonight against Penn State at home at Huff Hall. 545 pre-match coverage begins here on our airwaves. Mr. Tate, it's a very newsy day. A lot to talk about. You want to talk about the Big Ten schedule, don't you? I do want to talk about that. I also want to talk about the Bears and the Cardinals. Are you ready for this statement? Okay. Bracing. It is a criminal offense to break up the West. They, everybody looked at that uh, across seven universities, looked at that schedule next year and thought, oh boy, one more year in the West. Boy, oh boy, won't that be fun. And you know what? That's going to be the last year of it. <laughs> and, and, and the we shame assume. of it is, is there another division anywhere where the seventh team is just as confident as the first team, and the fans of the seventh team are just as confident as the first team. You said, well, you're going to say, well, not Northwestern. Well, Northwestern's won two of the previous four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, come on. And Illinois has now got, our, got fans up more hopeful than they've ever been. Why? With a chance to win, the chance to go to, against uh, Ohio State and lose. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's right. what it amounts you gotta to. Got to fight for your right yeah, to go nobody's, lose. Nobody's going to worry about the result of that game, but what you but you want to be in it. Mm-hmm. And Wisconsin wanted to be in it so bad that they fired their coach. And Northwestern, I mean, and uh, Nebraska wanted to be in it so bad they fired their coach. And Minnesota's still mad because they finished seven and two a couple years ago and eleven and two for the season and didn't get in because of the they lost the, the tie with Wisconsin. I'm just telling you, we're going to talk about this Western Division and it's it's lovely, it's wonderful. It's they should keep it. And as far as Maryland and Rutgers are concerned, they shouldn't be in this league anyway. <laughs> You got a lot of that was more than one statement. I just want you to know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I get carried away. That's why you're here. <laughs> we want to hear your statements and your questions. The schedule is out for Illinois football, and Lauren rightly has noted the the West, at least as we know it, 
one more year, and we'll break that down. We've also got some significant headlines for the St. Louis Cardinals and the Chicago Bears. Of course, some football to talk about. And want to remind you as well, with volleyball tonight, the Brett Bielma Show will air at 7 p.m. on our sister station, Light Rock 97.5. Prior to that, on our sister station, Prep Hoops Confidential, the Serve Pro, nope, football, Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential, powered by U of I Army ROTC coming up as well. So you, you can have a whole buffet of sports tonight on all of our signals. I'll give you other headlines. Adam Wainwright back for the Cardinals. Pitching coach Mike Maddox and hitting coach Jeff Albert have decided to step away. They were offered new contracts but declined. Are they going to the Marlins with Skip Schumacher to be determined? Suspicious, wouldn't it? You would think maybe. Aaron Boone back with the Yankees. And Robert Quinn traded to the Philadelphia Eagles in exchange for a fourth round draft. Say thirty two? Yeah. That's what's behind he's getting at the end of his career, you think? Yeah. Well, and, and he's going to get a chance to go play for a Super Bowl because the Eagles are good. And the Bears are going to get a draft pick out of it, but uh, he was well-liked. So there's the rundown. All right, here's the Illinois football schedule next year as it stands for the moment. Opener on September 2nd here in Champaign against Toledo. The already previously planned trip to Kansas for the Jayhawks. That's a home-and-home, home, right? Next year they'd come here. Isn't that funny? We 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 played them in 1968 and never had to reach, and never had to go out there. They came here and John Riggins ran crazy and they won 47 to seven. That's the only game since 1929. 1968 is the only game since 1921. One of my first games there, and I thought, boy, we're unlucky to play Kansas when they're really good because they're seldom good, but they were really good that year. <laughs> and who knows? They may be good again. Well, they're they're better this year That's than they've sure. been. They've fallen out of the top 25, but there was a moment there where they were the toast. I mean, game day went out there and everything. Then the Big Ten opener here on September 16th, Penn State Memorial Stadium. Robert Rosenthal wonders if that'll be a night game. It's a classic setup for one on a a warm September evening. So Penn State is coming here, then back out of conference against Florida Atlantic on September 23rd. The rest of the way... At Purdue, home against Nebraska, at Maryland, home against Wisconsin. I assume that's October 21st. I assume that is homecoming. Off week, and then the final four are in November. At Minnesota, home to Indiana, at Iowa, home to Northwestern. Your crossover games are Penn State at home, are at Maryland, and then Indiana at home. Well, Illinois has got a two-game jump on Purdue and Minnesota because they play Ohio State and Michigan both. Illinois yeah. does not. And didn't we? Weren't we here to tell you yesterday that Illinois will play Ohio State next year? We were. I, I thought they so sure. Were. And we but were I did so think they play Maryland, and they are, and they are going to play Indiana. So, I mean, that's that's a pretty good deal. You know, it, it's never going to be perfect, but this is as good as it gets. You always think. Uh, when you look at those at, at, at Indiana and Maryland, you think, well, okay, well, they're not Ohio <clears throat> State, they're not Michigan, and they're not Penn State. You do get Penn State, but Maryland is a decent team this year, and yeah. they've been good in the skill. And Indiana, I, I don't know. And Penn State's always pretty good, but seems to be the bridesmaid of the Big the, Ten East. The way they've got that thing rolling at Maryland, I would think that'll be a hard game to win over there. They got a lot of offense. 
and it's just a, I don't know, kind of a different place. They don't really fill it up, and it's yeah. just kind of a, it's just the a fans different don't place. Want to be in the ACC? Yeah, they really they do. Shoot, I mean, at least they, for basketball. Yeah. Well, I'd, there's I, no I, sense of Maryland. Listen, going, you know. they'd rather be in any league in the world that doesn't have Ohio State and Michigan in it, because they could. You know, unlike Illinois and the other six teams in the Western Division, those Eastern Division teams know they're up against it before the season even starts because Ohio State's got all the better players and Michigan. Now, this looks like a pretty favorable schedule, but just like everybody else, what will your team be next year? You can hardly predict your roster next year. Oh, no. you got For anybody. Me, I just want to know one thing. Just one thing. Tell me who the defensive tackles are for Illinois next year. We could have the best two defensive tackles in the country, or we could have the worst two. <laughs> because there's a big drop off. And, and don't for tell me and that based on what Indiana is this year, or what Penn State is this year, or anybody else in the West, means that's what they'll be next year. You brought no, up Northwestern. You're right. you're right. Well, Northwestern's terrible this year, so that's that's favorable. Illinois gets to finish with them again next year. Well, is who it? Knows? That's a long time from now. Exactly. Even this season's a long time off. Yeah, and I mean, this season is. Uh, look, we all thought seven and five would just be a well. That'd be a really nice improvement, and well, seven and be. five, given the six and one start for Illinois, would be a disappointment. Yeah, well, Illinois Illinois' defense is just uh, once again has a big advantage in Saturday's game. They do. And the reason they do is because our defensive line, with those two guys in the middle and those, and Seth Coleman and Yakas at the at the at the defensive ends, we're really good in that front unit there, playing that odd man front and getting a lot of play out of Avery now, and I, you know as long as you can dominate defensively in the line, the other team can't run and then and their passing is obstructed by the fact that you're pressuring them all the time. I haven't got over the the uh, the game against. Um, Virginia, I, I was with you in the pregame show, and I'm thinking, they got three of the best receivers in the country, Virginia. And they got a passer that just broke right. He threw over 4,000 yards last year. That's incredible. And what happened? He couldn't. He's throwing off his back foot. He's throwing running away. I mean, we the, the pressure, that's and, – and it was those two tackles plus the, the help from the outside and the blitzing and the great – play calling by uh by walters i'll get you know everybody gets credit but if those two guys if you lose those two guys you got to replace them mm-hmm. and that's not easy because we never we haven't had two tackles like this haven't had quite the corners we, we there's been some good corners yeah i know but i want to tell you something those two guys make everybody else look better when they can, yeah. when they can control the middle, when they can control the running game, and at the same time put pressure on the quarterback, it makes the defensive backfield uh, gives them a, the ability to play man to man. You can't play man to man if you can't get to the quarterback. If you play man to man too long, somebody's going to get open. But if you if you can do it and require, by the way, I saw where somebody was tested yesterday and get this number. See if you can figure this out. Eighty-seven percent of the time. This particular team got to the quarterback in 2.7 seconds. 87% of the time, they got to the quarterback in 2. Point. Now, who could possibly have come up with that statistic and be accurate? 87% of the time works every time. <laughs> I mean, it was so stupid, I didn't even figure out who it was. <laughs> was. Don't, uh, for any of you that still put your calendar in, in ink, rather than a, a digital application. 
don't ink it in just yet. In fact, the press release says all dates are subject to change. And notes are also maybe some Friday games for the Big Ten. We know that. So this is more the week schedule, the Mm -hmm. week-by-week schedule. Mm -hmm. We know Brett Bielma likes week zero games, and as it's laid out at this moment, it's eight consecutive weeks of games for Illinois before the first off week. Doesn't look like there's any way he can move it. He's got to have somebody play Hawaii, or he's got to have uh, that he's playing, and he's got, or there's got to be something special happening. There's nothing here that uh, would indicate that he can do that. Brett Bielma has some special powers of persuasion. I can <laughs> okay. tell you that. Okay. <laughs> I, I am totally speculating, but I, it doesn't to me. It doesn't make sense to move up your your opener with Toledo because then you're just getting one game week off, mm-hmm. and then you're seven in a row. I guess that helps a little. If I'm Brett Bielma. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, let's make either the Penn State game or the Florida Atlantic game a, a week zero game. And let's, if I'm him, I want, we, and I want week zero, I want to move Florida Atlantic to then. And, and, and then you would have, let's see, one, two, three, four games in a row, break, four games, break, four games. Well, you, you could move the Nebraska game up and say, well, look, we were supposed to play them in week zero two years ago, so why can't we do, do it this year? We'll find out if Sean Callahan would be a fan of that. He is the publisher of Husker Online. He's going to join us next to give us a lowdown on Big Red. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Now at NewsGazette.com, Inside Illini Basketball, our weekly podcast with beat writer Scott Ritchie, who will tell you who will benefit most from Luke Goody's injury. Hi, Rogers. Mike, get more points. Tomorrow, we're going to have media availability with Brad Underwood and Coleman Hawkins. And we will see about getting ready for an exhibition game on Friday night. Illinois and Quincy, you'll hear it here on these airwaves, by the way. Yours truly on the call, along with Trent Meacham. As Brian and company will be headed to Lincoln for Illinois at Nebraska, 230 on Saturday afternoon. And that brings us here on Sports Talk to our guest, Sean Callahan, publisher of Husker Online, part of the Rivals Network. And he is good to make some time for us here. I'm always happy to see that Illinois and Nebraska are playing because, Sean, that gives us a chance to talk. I enjoy it. And with the future uncertain, who knows how many opportunities like this we'll have. So let's savor the moment, shall we? Yeah, who knows what uh, scheduling looks like after 2023. We at least get, know next year we'll be back in Champaign. Uh, we'll get our Papa Dell's pizza down there and, mm-hmm. and enjoy a weekend in Champaign. Uh, but who knows when the next time we'll be back there after the new schedule start coming around. See, I didn't even have to tell you that, you know, that's the location tonight of the Brett Bielma Show heard on our sister station, Light Rock 97.5, Papa Dell's, uh, where people can go watch and listen and eat. So thank you, my friend, for just synergizing the whole thing for us. No, it's, uh, you can't go wrong with that place. That, that's a, that's a Illinois must stop. I tell all Nebraska fans, get a, my wife went there for a wedding a couple of years ago. I go, her and her girlfriends all went to Papa Dell and they loved it. So uh, I'm a thin crust fan though. You, you get the, the thick crust once. And then after that, the thin is probably what I like to go to. It's a little, it's, it's a, it's a heavy pizza. Well, what is uh, Nebraska going to see? Actually, what is Illinois going to see in Nebraska? A thick or a thin run defense? Because. <sighs> As you know, Chase Brown uh, likes to gobble up yards. Yeah, it's a it's a challenge. Um, they haven't seen a team like Illinois with the level of back of Chase Brown. Oklahoma had a good back. 
no, nothing like Chase Brown. Um, you know, and uh, Rutgers wanted to run the ball the way Illinois is going to try to run it, but they couldn't do it that way. And Indiana struggled to run the ball. So this is a unique matchup. Uh, and Purdue had great success running the ball, and it surprised Nebraska. They weren't expecting uh, third-string running back Devin Mockaby to, to kind of go off the way he did. And that was Jeff Brom just kind of putting a wrinkle in. I think this week they at least have an idea. Like, look, they know who Brett Bielema is. They know what he's going to do. And, and, and how he's going to go at him. And he's a really good coach, and he's got arguably the best running back, not only in the conference, but maybe college football. So what is different under Mickey Joseph? See, I, I was all set, you know, to, to you know, let, let's ask Sean Callahan the, the, ever, the evergreen question of what's the future of Scott Frost. Well, now that's in the past. His future is in the past. So Mickey Joseph, Illinois coaches are maintaining ah, they're basically the same scheme, basically the same philosophy with a little bit of wrinkle here and there. Do you see it that way? Well, they're different on defense, I would say. Um, the call sheet's been simplified, and Bill Bush is a completely new coordinator pushing the buttons that was not a part of the defensive staff at all until he replaced Eric Chenander. But he was the safeties coach at LSU, at Wisconsin, um, at Nebraska back in the early 2000s, at Rutgers, at Utah State. He's been around the block, a lot of defensive coaching. So he, you know, is calling the shots. But offensively, yeah, it's still Mark Whipple. Um, but, you know, without Scott Frost, it's all Mark Whipple. I think when Frost was here, Frost was a really good play caller, and I think he had a lot of influence in what they were doing too. Um, but, yeah, with Whipple, they probably throw it as much as we've seen a Nebraska team really ever throw it. Um, and Whipple likes to air it out. Casey can throw it. He's got some pretty good receivers with Trey Palmer, probably being one of the fastest receivers in the conference. I mean, he's a 10-2 guy in the 100. He won, he won a state championship with a 10-4 in Louisiana, but he's been timed to 10-2. And he showed that kind of speed in the win, or the, excuse me, the loss at Purdue, um, where he had the, 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 you know, the biggest game a wide receiver's ever had in school history at Nebraska. Well, this is Lauren. I'm going to ask you about your linebacking situation since I heard one of your top players, Heinrich, was injured and maybe lost for the season, huh? Yeah, Nick Henrich um, was a captain, too, and Omaha native, former um, you know four-star type recruit coming in here, and he's just not been able to stay healthy for whatever odd reason, and he got hurt in the game in Ireland, came back at Oklahoma, the Oklahoma game, and he got hurt again with a knee. Um, so then Luke Reimer, the other linebacker, who's a Lincoln native, um, he was out against Purdue, didn't, didn't dress, traveled but didn't dress. Now he'll be back this week. So they've got one of their two, but those guys were clearly their top two inside linebackers. Um, they'll start another guy next to Luke Reimer this week named Chris Kalarvich. He was a Northern Iowa transfer, and he was a very, very good player in Northern Iowa. This is his second year at Nebraska. Uh, but then they're going to look at, um, you know, they, they've got a former Juco transfer out of Amagua Clements, who's from America, Samoa originally. He'll play some snaps. And they got a true freshman named um, Ernest Hausman, who's a really, really good, talented freshman on this team that he'll play in this game as well. But yeah, they're going to be big uh, because you know what Chase Brown can do to those guys in the box. What about the overall health of the ball club? What about the offensive line? Yeah, you know, they lost their left tackle, Teddy Prohaska, for the season. He was probably their best overall lineman, and he hurt his knee a year ago. He hurt, had a shoulder this year after he got played a few games. In the game four, he uh, hurt the shoulder. Um, their starting left guard to start the year was suspended for failing an NCAA banned substance test. Nuri Nueli, a, a German native, 
Um, so, you know, their, their original starting left side is not out there. Uh, Turner Corcoran, who they wanted to play at guard or right tackle, is back at left tackle. And he was a top 100 recruit, just hasn't performed like that. The right side has been a, kind of a disaster. Right tackle, you know, I, and you, I know Brett, that they're going to go after that right tackle spot. So if you zone in, you know, Hunter Anthony and then the combination of Bryce Benhart, they have struggled as much as any tackles in the country, and that's the matchup to watch. Illinois will try to expose those guys, go after them, because everyone's done it all year. And Bielema's a very smart coach, Ryan Walters is, and you know that they're looking at those tackles from Nebraska, and that's probably going to be one of the deciding matchups in this game because if they expose those guys, it could be a really long day for the Huskers. We're talking with Sean Callahan. You can follow him on Twitter at Sean underscore Callahan. You can follow his publication at Husker Online. Go well, ahead, Lauren. I, well, I just want to add one thing to that. What that means to me is that the, that the, that uh, Thompson may not have as much protection as he wants, and that's been the secret to Illinois' success defensively is the pressure they've been able to get on the opposing quarterback. If you've got those kind of problems in the defensive line, I would think this would this would be the the single best advantage that Illinois might have in this game. Yeah, they no doubt. I mean, you look at the numbers on Pro Football Focus. Illinois averages twenty one quarterback pressure plays a game. That's a sack. That's a hit or a hurry. So they get after you, and that worries me for Nebraska in this game because that's been a real struggle for them to protect Thompson, Indiana, and, and Rutgers and Purdue really got after him. Now, I will say, in the second half of Purdue, after giving up three or four sacks in the first half of that game, they settled in and played better, and they allowed I mean, Nebraska easily, they're a play away from winning the game in West Lafayette, so like they're a play away from being a 3-1 and team in the conference right now, and, you know, the offensive line um, played better, so that was a, a real sign. They, the problem is they just could not stop Charlie Jones and and get stops on Purdue's offense um, when they really needed just one more stop to get the ball back to have a chance to win the game. We're talking with Sean Callahan. The What has transpired with Scott Frost just fascinates me as a case study of what we are in in the moment of college football, that he was fired weeks earlier than anyone would imagine with uh, the buyout that would have fallen down that who he was and who he is and what he meant to Nebraska and how it didn't work. And now you have this new native son uh, taking over and what it could be for him. So who's the next head coach? (laughs) (laughs) It's fascinating because after Oklahoma, it felt like, man, this Mickey thing could be long, but all of a sudden he's captivated the state in this locker room and, you know, he is just a different type of coach than Scott Frost. The players really like him. They really respond to him. The fans love him. And and he's very accessible and, you know, just has a relationship with the players. And, you know, back in February, we I do a big recruiting day event for a church here, Catholic Church in, in Lincoln, and, and we always have a coach come to come, you know, do it with me. And I had Mickey come as a new guy at, and – the, the way the crowd that night, there's 450 people there, and they just ate out of his hand. They just loved Mickey Joseph. And you, you just kind of knew, like, God, this guy could be like a head coach at Nebraska. I, I said that to a guy that night. And he really has a presence about him. And the way the crowd just, you know, I had people come up to me and say, this is one of the best events we've ever been to before. And so he just has that effect on people. They love him. The players like him. If he gets on, guys, they don't take it personal. They, they, they enjoy his coaching and his style. So, 
Um, it's kind of put Trev Alberts in a pickle, especially if Mickey were to pull an upset over Illinois and then they got Minnesota coming in maybe without Tanner Morgan next week. Um, th- there's an opportunity for Mickey. I think regardless, people want Mickey on this coaching staff as an assistant no matter what next year. Um, a lot of that just depends on who Trev Alberts is going to get to be the head coach. On paper, I cannot find anything that suggests Nebraska wins this game, but because of the things you just mentioned, the the new vibes and and the unpredictability, I would I would say a little bit of of a team that's gone through a coaching change and Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, and that being a full and loud stadium, I, I don't know how to get my head around this game. I, yeah, is there any way to think that this doesn't play out the way it should on paper? If Nebraska's defense allows Chase Brown to break out, you know, it's going to be a long day. It's a long day for anyone if that happens, so they play Illinois. And, um, I, I think Nebraska's different, though, than any offense Illinois has played. They want to stretch you. They're, you know, they're not trying to shorten the game and limit the possessions. They want to hit home runs and score, score, score. So that's, I think this challenge will be different for Illinois this week, and that's what intrigues me about the matchup. Trey Palmer is electric. I mean, and Mark Whipple a year ago coached Jordan Addison to the Blitikoff winner um, at Pittsburgh. He's now at USC. He led the country in receiving yards. Trey Palmer, at least after the Purdue game, led the country in receiving yards. So Mark Whipple knows how to get the ball to playmakers. A week's rest for Anthony Grant can make a difference. He's a really good running back. He's the fifth leading rusher in this league uh, behind that who's who group of, of um, you know, the top guys like Corum and and uh, Chase and all the guys that are there right now. Uh, but, you know, he's right there kind of leading that second group of backs. He's a really good running back, uh, probably the best running back Nebraska's had since at least Devino Zigbo, if not Amir Abdullah. Um, so I'm intrigued about a few of those elements of this game. But, yeah, Illinois, if they play their game, it's going to be hard for Nebraska to win. And scheduling, since that came out today, and the West as we know it is done next year, how much angst is there? amongst Nebraska or maybe administration or a fan base about what the scheduling will look like. We've talked about it a lot here and, and you know, the pod suggestions are out there, maybe divisions. I don't know, but nobody wants to be stuck playing Ohio state all the time. And they probably don't want to be stuck playing USC all the time either. Yeah. It's, it's a challenging discussion how they're going to do this. Cause I do think everybody needs probably two or three locked in games. But how do you, you know, there's certain programs like Penn State. I don't think they care who their locked-in games are. But Nebraska would like to play Iowa, Wisconsin, and probably Minnesota as their, their three locked-in games. But now they're the closest programs to USC and UCLA. So you have to assume Nebraska's probably going to play in L.A. almost every year. Cause just because they actually had history playing those programs. They played UCLA and USC almost as much as any team in the Big Ten has. Uh, because they've been regular on the non-conference schedules for the Huskers, and they've played in some bowl games too recently. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued because I thought maybe there'd be more teams added to the conference, and it looks like they're going to stop at 16 for now. And you know, I don't know if they go to you know pods of four or how what what is the route they're going to take because I don't know any other way. And you know, if you go pods of four. What do you do with Nebraska, Iowa, and some of these teams that want to be potted together? Because USC and UCLA are going to be in a pod together. So then who goes in their pod with them? I, I, that, that's, I wouldn't want that job that Barry Alvarez and Kevin Warren have right now. Well, pods are one thing, but the standings, a 16-team standings, is a whole other thing. And I just think that a whole bunch of teams by midseason are just going to think, man, I mean, this is too many teams in one 
in one league, in, in, you know, in one division. 16 now, teams? One theory, and I don't know if this is still something being talked about behind the scenes, but how about this for an idea? You have a flex week in there where before the championship game weekend, you almost have like a semifinal weekend. But okay. then everybody else still plays a game uh, on top of that. And, you know, I think there's a lot of creativity they can do it. And it's all about the money. Whatever brings in the most money yep. to television partners is how they're going to do it. And, you know, they're talking about Black Friday, Iowa-Nebraska being a night game maybe uh, because, you know, the NFL is going to play a 2 o'clock game. So then there could be a 6.30 Black Friday <laughs> game this year. And um, yeah, then, by the way, somebody else has to play Black Friday. It's not just Nebraska-Iowa. They need two Black Friday games. So um, who will be the other – two schools that decide to play Black Friday, and that, that will probably be like an 11 a.m. type game is my guess. Well, first of all, I'm glad the NFL inserted a Black Friday game because I was not getting enough opportunities to see <laughs> NFL games every other day of the week all year, all season long. Uh, but but I liked it in 2020, the, what did they call that, the Champions Week or something like that, where they just assigned everybody a game to play, and it was almost bowlish in a sense, or you know, there's going to be some bragging rights on the line, even if you don't feel like you have a future in, in the playoffs. So I like that idea, Sean, and I don't know if you came up with it, but you should take credit for it. <laughs> no, yeah, flex week, but then you pair the top four teams in, in kind of a playoff, and the two winners of those games go to the championship game. Uh, I, but the bottom line is whatever they do for the playoff, it's going to be whatever gets the most teams to the playoffs. Like the Big Ten wants to get three teams in. I mean, the SEC and the Big Ten are going to be vying for three to four spots a year when this thing goes to 12. Lauren? I, I know I understand that part of it, but I just think it for the, all the other teams that when you line it up 16 deep, I mean, when the National League had eight teams in, in my day, <laughs> I remember when they had eight yeah. teams. You know what? That was too many. Yeah. And and half the teams by the end of the by the middle of the season were no longer interested. And how many teams are going to lose interest this year, or not this year? Two years from now, when uh, when you look up and and find uh, you know eight teams ahead of you. But Sean, you're right. They're going to think through how to keep the most interest and therefore the most money. Well, in, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa! Interest and money are two different things. You're going to lose a lot of interest. Because you're going to have teams all over this conference that are going to be lose, the fans are going to realize they're out of it. But but that does, but the top teams are going to be competing for the playoffs, and that's where the money is. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating discussion where we're heading and how much these seventy, eighty, ninety million dollar plus annual conference payouts have driven everything. I mean, it's why Nebraska is in the Big Ten. It's why it's why USC and UCLA are in the Big Ten. That's right. It's why you know it, it's changed everything when you add this TV money to the game of college football. Well, Sean, I wish I was making the trip out to Lincoln and uh, ex- would be would be experiencing my first Nebraska football game. But um, I do know that Illinois baseball will be out there in March as their schedule came out. So maybe we can connect there at Haymarket Park. Yeah, let's do it, and I appreciate you coming on, uh, Scott, on our show this week as well. You did a great job. That was a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully there's an entertaining ball game to cover and watch this Saturday, Sean. Uh, let's do it again. All right. Hey, thanks, guys. Have a good one. Enjoy the game Saturday. Likewise. Sean Callahan, Husker Online, and you can follow him at Sean underscore Callahan. <clears throat> you know, Nebraska is has got as much, um, I think, angst about the scheduling process is anybody there 
they're in a similar station situation well, in Illinois. Uh, geographically, they're the closest to the West Coast. Yeah, yeah they're going <laughs> to. But their rivals are right next door. Mm-hmm. And, I know, but and, they're, they're going to be forced to play some games against those West Coast teams. You know that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I How would, do you set up pods if you're going to have th- four teams in a pod? I don't know. I'd, I'd, I mean, I'd rather see divisions. I, and you know, you play seven teams, and those are the kind; those are games that count for the playoff. I'm sorry, the the conference championship. That's, oh, I'm sorry. I'm that's getting, what we should do, and that's what we're not going to do. I'm getting a message, and I'm realizing that's not from Kevin Warren. Okay. I thought it was him asking for my input. <laughs> Maybe he's calling you. All right. We'll come back in a moment. We learned something today, right, Lauren? You you, you got some clarification on NIL, what you I needed, did. right? Okay, we'll hear about it in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Hey, Illini family. It's Brett Bielma. We have a big road test this Saturday at Nebraska. And Illini game day coverage is right here on DWS. Wednesday Sports Talk. Thanks to Sean Callahan for being on the program. We sure do appreciate it. Today, Lauren, a lot was sorted out when it comes to name, image, and likeness, your favorite topic. The NCAA Division I Board of Directors gave out new guidance, and you are here to help us understand it. Okay, I can do it in one sentence. Now, at the beginning of the show, you said you were going to make a statement. It ended up being several. Just I know. pointing that out. I, I, I know. I, I lie a lot. Okay. <laughs> but um, we, this is the NCA speaking. We have no teeth, and we have no way to prevent you from doing whatever it is you want to do, but we know that you will act in our and your best interests and no longer induce the players to come to your school, <laughs> which you know you shouldn't be doing, but you are doing, and we have no penalties for you, but we'd like for you to stop. It was kind of a run-on sentence. Yeah, it was kind of. <laughs> I had to, I put an and and a couple of commas in there, <laughs> but I think you got it in one sentence. You know, back in the break room here, there's a sign that says, "Please keep the kitchen clean and clean up after yourself." <laughs> I think it's the same thing as what you just said when it comes to the NCAA. Do what's right. Please do what's right. You well, know, for the betterment your, of all. What would your mother say? Yeah. Would your mother want you to induce athletes to come here? <laughs> Did you hear about this guy, the coach out of, out of Utah, that said that he'd like, he, he's got his eye on a quarterback, but he knows another school has already offered him a million dollars. And we know it's true. From Nicole Auerbach's report in The Athletic, the board reminded schools that they can and should educate students regarding NIL in areas such as financial literacy and taxes. They can also inform athletes about potential opportunities or make connections between athletes and donors or collectives, though they cannot negotiate a deal on behalf of a player or collective. So what you're going to say is, 
I'm going to take this athlete and I'm going to let him meet the donor, but they're not going to do anything they shouldn't. Exactly. Okay. You know, if you're a quarterback to be, you know, Lauren, I I cannot offer you an NIL <laughs> opportunity, but I can tell you that our quarterback right now is making a hundred thousand dollars, and past quarterbacks have as well. I'm not saying you're going to. I'm just saying this is what's <laughs> happened, and that is not an inducement. That is above board. I love this statement too from her. Uh, the, the, the 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 director, the board of directors, voted unanimous unanimously to issue new guidance to member schools, which includes a non-exhaustive list of what is and isn't permissible. And what permissible? Okay, that's not quite the right word because. You know, you can do it even though it isn't permissible. <laughs> <laughs> it's a four-page document. You can look at it for yourself, issued by the NCAA. So I'm glad that is all sorted out. And look, I really don't, I don't take well, issue with NIL. Nice to, try. Yeah, but I, I don't. I just don't understand how it's really changing anything. Well, no. I mean, if you, if those of us who are going to cheat will cheat. Mm-hmm. It's built in. Yeah, and those of us who aren't, <laughs> not saying. And, and there are a lot of us only do it because the other guy's doing it. I well, there's always that school I of wouldn't thought. cheat, but I know these guys are, so what am I supposed to do? Well, I can't sit there and drive the speed <laughs> limit when everyone else is going 10 miles faster than me. I'm going to get run over. That's about right. <laughs> and that is true. Yep. Back in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hey, Illini family, it's Brett Bielman. Every Fighting Illini football game is right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and on the News Gazette app. Next hour, Illinois Volleyball will take over at 545. They're hosting Penn State. Well, they've had a... Well, the Big Ten's a gauntlet, isn't it, Lauren? In... Well, yeah, the top six, seven teams are really good. Yeah. Don Harden, former Illinois volleyball coach, yeah. uh, told me the thing The thing about the Big Ten is you just you don't want to fall too far down because once you do, you, it's really hard to climb back up. You know, there's – I don't want to say there's haves and haves not in the league. It's just when the league is that good, you, you, you don't want to fall to the middle – if you're in the top, and if you're in the middle, you don't want to fall to the bottom tier. And Illinois, I would, in my opinion, is in the middle right now. Well, they've fallen, yeah. They and they, right they, 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 they've just got an uphill, uphill it climb. It could be they, determined by who's healthy next year and who they bring in. You know, they're close enough. I mean, they, a lot of these matches are very close. Yeah. They just haven't been able to pull them out. And to me, volleyball, what's nice about it is even if when this, you know, there's a set and then it's over. And then you move to the next set. So you never really feel like the match is over, and most sets are close. I mean, even if you're a lopsided volleyball set is a 10-point difference. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And That's so, really lopsided. Yeah, and that means the, the the set is decided on five points. On you know The reversal of, yeah. Yeah. So it, to me, I think it's set up well. I think it's still – it's always entertaining. They sold out Huff last Saturday night, um, and, and they should get a good crowd tonight. And Penn State historically, I watched some of that on TV, and and uh, some of the kills by the opposition was just straight down, where you had no chance. I mean, you you need really tall, strong girls who can jump up and knock the ball straight down. Illinois got Terry, and she's really good at it, but um, you need more than one, and you need more than two. You need a line in that front line to block, and 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 you've got it's it all goes back to recruiting. Well, yeah, 
and 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 staying healthy. Mm-hmm. And those those things have I recruiting. I don't know a ton about volleyball recruiting. I know that if you're in on a really elite volleyball player, so is Nebraska and Wisconsin and Minnesota and and who else? Because those are all the programs that get the opportunity to recruit the top players. Does facilities play a part? That's a and really good so, question. If so, does does Huff uh, where does have Huff stack up? Uh, Way down. In my opinion, the actual game environment at Huff is pretty cool. Pretty good, yeah. But the bells and whistles and all those other things, I don't know. And it's probably one of those that doesn't. It can't hurt you if you improve it. Maybe and it maybe is it helps you tip the scales, kind of thing. But on the other hand, if if somebody's only coming for the facilities, well, well, you got that great situation in the state of Illinois. They got great high school volleyball. They do. Okay, sir. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll talk to Coach Q. Evans coming in. We got more coming up after the news update on WDWS Champaign Urbana.